best of times, it was the worst of times. It was 2020. And let's face it, it was the worst of times. But now, with our very special guests, Virgin Radio Morning's very own Backstage Ben. Stephen King is my hero. And co-host of Pop Culture, Neil Temple of Doom. This just in, I'm a geek. Loop and Larry bring you the best of the best and the worst of the worst yeah. in our annual Geeky Year in Review. Arr, it'll be a geeky adventure, says I. In a world filled with intergalactic space battles, meta-human destruction on a global scale, and psychopathic serial hauntings, there's only one team who can make sense of it all. When your world is overrun with rampant pop culture, call Luminary Guardians of Geek! We are back, everybody. Loop and Larry, Guardians of Geek. It is 2021. Finally. Can you guys believe it? Finally, no. 2021. <laughs> and this is our 2020 review show. Turning it off with a bang, for real. I know. It's <laughs> awesome. It's <laughs> hey, somebody finally put that explosion into context. Finally. <laughs> Thank you. 2021's already been kind of interesting, but we won't get into that. What we're going to do is look back at 2020, take a look back and our hits and our misses of the year. We did, this is our third annual look back show of the year, and I'm quite excited about it. We got two awesome panelists today. We've got Neil Temple of Doom from Pop Hello. Cultured. How you doing? Good, man. How's it going? I am doing awesome. I don't know why I'm yelling at you as if you're like, I'm trying to, I'm actually trying to reach you at your house. What? <laughs> Super excited. It's 2021. Yeah. <laughs> I got from a Virgin Radio by 97.5. I got Ben Cummings. How you doing? Frozen. Doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. This is a, a real treat. Awesome. Excellent. Also known as Backstage Ben, right? Yes. Yeah. That's, uh, everybody asks me why I'm Backstage Ben. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually, why it's you're backstage. Ben. I don't even guys- know why you're Backstage Ben. Yeah, I think you guys would appreciate it. I'm the producer of the morning show over on Virgin. So when I started, I was just like the behind the scenes guy. I was the guy that did all the stuff backstage and I had worked in movies for a while. So they kind of thought it would all turn. They wanted to call me background Ben to begin with. And I was like, no, no, that's not going to (laughs) work. It sounds like like constantly getting police checks. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Better than my nickname, Hey Idiot. (laughs) thanks guys Um, so here we are the 2020 uh, we're going to do tv we're going to do movies we're going to do sort of an open category which could include tv or movies or themes or whichever of the year and we're also going to take a look at 2021 and things that works things movies tv or whatever that we're excited about so So this is the this is the hits and the misses this is where each hits and misses so we're going to start with the let's start with the misses i always love the good misses yeah we're going to spin the wheel who's going to go first and i am going to go with ben first all right the miss for tv this is so this might be my most controversial pick that i've done so far oh awesome Um, so far it's the first one (laughs) i'm starting it off controversially to me the big miss of 2020 was tiger king because And don't get me wrong, I loved it, I watched it, but it has created celebrities out of some of the absolute worst people. <laughs> and like, I, I enjoyed the show when we were watching it, but then I quickly got tired of all of the post-show stuff and yep. 
between Carol wanting to be the biggest celebrity and being on things like Dancing with the Stars. She's not a star. Yeah. Um, Joe feeling like he doesn't deserve to be in prison because people like him. <laughs> like that's, yeah. that's not a good excuse. It, just, it created this huge, like everybody talks about like the celebrity life and some people have fallen into celebrity status via, you know, something that's gone viral or a sex tape or something along those lines. But then these guys, like, it was so fascinating to watch at the time, but created the rest of the year we were talking about these people. And I didn't want to hear about them anymore. I didn't like them when I was watching it. It was a, it was a, a guilty pleasure that ended up lasting for the entire year. And that and show funny, was really dirty feeling when you yeah, watched absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. Like, it just well, felt dirty. And it was just, like, these, the weirdest people. And, yeah, we're celebrating these people, one of which could be a murderer, for all yeah. we know. <laughs> like, we don't know this, right? So... <laughs> and, that, and that's the whole point of that documentary was that it was like showing how horrible these people were. Like it was Absolutely. supposed to be this wonderful thing, this cat sanctuary and all of this, but these are horrible people. And that yeah. was what the, that's the whole point of this. And now we're like, now they're heroes. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet irony. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like a train wreck, right? It's like a car crash. It's like, yep. I couldn't look away. I, I was fascinated. It was great, but it's like the train never left. Like, yeah. it's still yeah. there. <laughs> Please it went on like an episode too track. long. Yeah, you can only sure. watch the car on fire for so long. Yeah, yeah exactly, right. exactly. Actually, the car has to go out. This car hasn't gone out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Neil, what's yours? Uh, well, if we're, we're not just talking cable, like uh, like Netflix and everything. Oh, anything, every, it's all open, yep. As okay. long as it's on TV. So, Rogers yeah. Television right. Cable, it's all good. Anything you want. <laughs> okay. Well, the biggest miss that I saw this year that I managed to sit all the way through, like I actually got through the whole season, you know, there's a couple other shows that I didn't even get past episode one because they were so bad. But the one show that I watched all the way through that looked promising, has a great cast, the cinematography is beautiful, but it's horrible and it's called Ratchet. And it's on oh, Netflix and it's about yeah. Nurse Ratchet from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. It stars Sarah Paulson, who's, you know, famous for American Horror Story and all that. And this show just felt like a bad season of American Horror Story. Uh, There's another actor from, from uh, H. A it was a Ryan Murphy Roman. production, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. I yeah. think so. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure. And all of, yeah, all it, of was, it was just bad because like every episode just it looked so great the acting was great the directing you know but the writing was just horrible it was just oh, really? oh my god like what's I, going on in this show it just doesn't feel like it's going to be a, a precursor to the uh louise fletcher there i got it uh, that's her name. Fletcher, uh, uh rat nurse ratchet from the 70s with jack nicholson so it was very disappointing yeah thumbs down i i didn't even bother with it honestly because one of my Good. favorite books one of my favorite movies and I, when I saw that there was a, a prequel leading up, I was like, oh, this could be interesting. I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, they've made it like a grimy, like psychological thriller almost. It, do, it, yeah. it doesn't match the, the drama of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And I was like, wow, this, it just feels, again, dirty. Like it just yeah. feels like kind of a greasy <laughs> show to be watching. And yeah, it's, it's hard when it's, you know, one of your favorite IPs and you don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Like I, I feel the same way. Like I've seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest hundreds of times. Maybe it's it's <laughs> one of my favorite. And she's one of my favorite sort of villains, like hmm. non-villain villains, you know. Um, and so I, yeah, I was I was super excited to watch this. And I watched like four episodes, <laughs> and it did it like they literally could have changed the title to American Horror Story Psycho Nurse. And oh, yeah. you, would have, you would have watched that because it would have been an American, and that's what it felt like. There was no reason for it to be called Ratchet. Like, I don't know why that character had, you know, they could have just created another nurse. <laughs> it wasn't the same person. 
So yeah, they should like, have called it wretched. There's like zero likable characters. So, yeah, you know. it was very strange. Yeah, that was a disappointment. Yeah, I saw. I was gonna watch it, and then I just there's so many other shows on. I rather would watch, so I just didn't get to it. But it looked. I like Sarah Paulson Mark. a lot. Like I like her and stuff, but I I don't know. Just didn't catch my attention really. So, all right. Well, I'll definitely stay away from it now. Thanks, Neil. <laughs> all right, I'll go next since I'm I'm here. Um, my miss is uh, I don't know if you guys watch this show called The Third Day. It was on. It was on HBO, and it's the one with Jude Law where it's it's kind of a. Um, uh, like a pagan sort of midsummer sort of show. Right. First episode, amazing. The first episode, I was hooked right in. I'm like, okay, this show is going to be so weird. It's the same sort of idea, you know, like they kind of see little things that kind of uh, in this little small, small British town on an island. So you, like almost like a Wicker Man where they're seeing little things like happening. You're like, okay, something weird's going on in this place. The payoff was horrible, absolutely horrible. So Jude Law was the, the main character for the first three episodes. Then his wife is the main character for the, the last two or three where she comes looking for him. And it's just, it was, just didn't tie in. It went nowhere. It was well, this is, <laughs> major thumbs down. I remember when you first mentioned this, because we talked about this show before. Yeah. Um, and I think you had only seen the first episode. So you were really stoked about it. You were like, this show's great. You oh, like yeah. Midsummer. Like, you, you like that. You like Wicker Man. you got to watch this show. I love, I love good pagan totally stuff. I love it. it you totally built it up. I think this was your, uh, your dark crystal. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. Except I didn't make you watch it. That would be oh, the difference. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Have you ever watched that show still? Okay. All right. <laughs> I can't believe you made me watch that. Anyways, Larry, what's yours? Okay. So I was really excited. So when I was 14 or 15, maybe there was a show on TV called amazing stories. Do you remember this show? It's a Steven Spielberg. Do you remember amazing oh, stories? Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. I loved that show. Like I, like every Sunday night, I think it was on Sunday nights. I'd watch America, uh, um, amazing stories. And I loved part of what I loved about it was the opening because it was the first TV show to incorporate um, CG, like uh, computer generated opening. So the whole opening was CG and it was so breakaway and cool. And you're like, oh, this is so high tech. And, and it was just really awesome. And then the stories were great. Like I, like, um, I don't know if you remember, there was one called Family Dog. It was, it was animated. Um, it was really funny. Um, Hell to Pay. Do you remember how yes. <laughs> I named my rock band yes. and hell to pay after that? Yeah. Yeah. So great. Yeah. Guy had put on a, had a toupee that was possessed and it made him go crazy. Um, and then there was <laughs> my favorite episode was called the mission. Do you remember the mission? It was a world war two. They were fighting in a plane, like a bomber and they had to fly a mission and their, their wheels were shot out. Um, and so they were going to crash. And one of the, one of the guys was an artist and started drawing like almost went into a trance and drew a, a tire and then it came to life. And it, Oh, I remember it, that. Yeah. Yeah. It's now spoiled the entire um, episode, but anyway, so. so it was great. So I was super excited because um, Apple TV plus is, was relaunching uh, amazing stories. Uh, and I was, I was in a hundred percent and, um, and then I was out. <laughs> I, I was literally out at the intro. I was super excited to see if they were going to recreate that intro and it didn't blow me away. And then the stories weren't as endearing as they were back when I was 15. Now, I mean, maybe if I watched the ones, the originals now, maybe they weren't as good as I remember, but <laughs> I, that whole nostalgia thing, it just didn't, didn't hold me. It wasn't so amazing. Uh, no amazing. No. They might have been stories. They were not amazing. <laughs> <laughs> not amazing stories. <laughs> so awesome. that was my miss for 2020. 
All right, well, let's do hits. All, All right, right. Uh, and I'll, Neil, we'll start with you. Uh, well, I, I have a feeling that maybe you other guys might also be thinking the same thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> this, this helmet isn't perfect. It's a little too wide in the eyes, as you can see, but that's yeah. for safety reasons, but uh, still pretty good. Um, yeah, the Mandalorian, I mean, do you want me to talk about something else because we've talked about it too much? But, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a 10 out of 10. They did so many wonderful, surprising things with beloved characters and they introduced some new characters and brought back other characters from season one. And it's just pure, beautiful fan service from uh, Favreau and Filoni, who are both amazing. I mean, Dave Filoni, any Star Wars nerd like me, like Lawrence, like anyone, <laughs> yeah. knows Filoni is like a demigod, you know, to Star Wars fans. He is a genius, and his stories are all coming to live action now, so, and like his characters and things. So, yeah, I, it's amazing. I don't really have, I don't think there's much I can really say about it I, that hasn't already been said, right? It's just beautiful, wonderful, and, um, Yes, I, I did like the very end of the final episode. Some fans were a little critical of certain CGI elements, right? And they were like, oh, it doesn't look right. But I thought it looked fine. So yeah. yeah, 10 out of 10 for The Mandalorian, best streaming show of 2020. I love it. Mandalorian to me was like, I remember seeing episode seven in theaters and feeling like a kid again watching Star Wars for the first time. Haven't really felt that in the theater since then. But Mandalorian gives me back that old just full-on sense of adventure that was in the originals and like it's not retreads it's not it's all like it there are references sure but it's all fresh ground that they're they're building yeah. with it and it it was all so new and it's not like you're just looking for oh well they're just redoing this part this part that sort of thing like they've really built on it to just expand on it so much and do it yeah. so well and not just a cash grab is probably yeah. the best part about it <laughs> yeah it's true i mean you, you can you can tell that this show was made by men who became fans when they were six yes and, you know and they've grown up with this and they played with the toys they're literally taking the toys out of their toy box <laughs> and like making the move in real life yeah and you know they're playing star wars the way we played star wars when we were kids and you can tell that because that's you're right ben that's exactly the way it feels is is like you're a kid again and you're watching this it's so exciting <laughs> and i love how they're taking like the the characters from the canon from like clone wars and all the other yeah. all the other pieces and they're putting them together like when bo katan showed up you're like whoa whoa this is cool like <laughs> like the real life Katie. characters of ahsoka right like it's like it was so yeah. cool to see these characters that you've watched in clone wars and, and rebels and things come to life on screen as real people. And I, I thought they did a great job of melding classic characters with new characters and putting them together and creating brand new characters as well. So yeah, yeah it's so yeah. good. This season was great. Like that last episode, like I was crying, I was excited. I was like, every, it was just like the Luke Skywalker I thought looked great. I thought he looked yeah. fantastic. I didn't I had any problem with him. So no. I, I think yeah. upon revisit is when you're going to notice it. The first time it's such a, like an, oh my God moment that you kind of look past that. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Maybe upon revisit it might like a little bit. But I, I honestly don't. Might not hold up. I don't think that it was any different than the CG that they used on Leia in Rogue One. Right, you and Tarkin. You, you had, yeah, and Tarkin. Mm, yep. You had the same, I mean, at least I had that same feeling when they, at the very end of Rogue One, when they opened the door and you see the white cloak and she turns around and it's her young face. And I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had that same, like, to me it was- I got teary-eyed 
Yep. If you're in the theater, oh god, yeah, god, oh, yeah. I miss theaters. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's great though. We can watch all this wonderful Star Wars awesomeness at home. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's for sure. God, so many great. The, the fact that we finally got, uh, you know, a, a real kind of canon, kind of you know, decisive situation with Boba Fett. I mean, the, the, how long have we been waiting for that, right? Yeah. You know, George Lucas and every, everyone back then, they just thought he was just a slimy bad guy they needed to kill off at the Sarlacc pit, you know. But yeah. He's just so cool looking. He's, <laughs> well, and, you know, I, I okay. that. they brought him back and they added his story. And the fact that Tamara Morrison played him makes sense. Obviously, yeah. he kind of had to. But uh, but yeah, no, just just genius casting and what a great show. I was I was talking to somebody else about this. I'll just talk, mention this quick. Um, I I was never I've never really been a big fan of Boba Fett. Like he's cool <laughs> and everything, but he didn't really ever do anything. Like in the in the original <laughs> movies, really he didn't do anything. He's bubbling. And then, and then he was bubbling and then he was killed because some dude like whacked him in the jetpack yeah. and he was shot into the Sarlacc pit. Like, so, you know, yeah. I mean, he was, he was a cool character, but he, I was never, but now I'm like, okay, well, if they had done this with Boba Fett back in the originals, that was the end of the story. Like that would, there would have been no comparison yeah. anymore because what they're doing with Boba Fett's character now is just killer. I think it's yeah. just, I'm so excited about that. He's yeah. got his own show now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Larry, so, you might as well keep going. What, what's your uh, big uh, other? I know Mandalorian's probably your big hit, but. No, I actually did not go Mandalorian because I figured somebody else would. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I, I think that was on the table. I think everybody knew that. Like, yeah. yeah. And I, think, I thought it'd be too obvious if I did that. So, I, I chose not to. Um, my hit for this year was The Haunting of Bly Manor. Oh, so good. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I love these this this series the haunting mm -hmm. series now uh haunting of hill house i've watched like three times um and so haunting of blind manor had a, a lot to hold up to um with you know after following the haunting of of hill house <clears throat> and they they blew it out of the out of the woods like it was it, is that a phrase blew it out of the woods out of the water out of that the would actually, okay. <laughs> that's very appropriate for the haunting yeah, of blind manor so. <laughs> I didn't know where I was going there. But yes, out of, the out of the water. That was a good. That was a good segue into something. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> but but what I loved about it was it, they changed it. It wasn't the same. Like the, the, this one was a like the the first one is all about family drama and tensions, and and this mm -hmm. one was a love story. Like it was a totally different take. Like there were still ghosts. There was still haunting. It was still you know frightening. It wasn't. I, I, there weren't as many jump scares or anything like that but atmosphere but, though right atmosphere yeah. was it's so intense like it was i just found it really intense and and honestly at the end i i shed a tear like the the final scene i was just like wow that like how many horror t tv shows or movies get you that emotional um, and it, uh, for me, it really did. And I just thought that was a great play, piece, uh, piece of, of, of TV right there. So I, uh, that one is right at the top of my, right at the top of my, maybe slightly underneath Mandalorian. I'm stunned we haven't, sorry, Matt, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm really stunned that you and I haven't talked more about it, uh, Larry, yeah. because we, we discussed Hill House on it, like just over and over again. Yeah, this one I didn't. I didn't love it as much as Hill House because Hill House is still one of my like favorite shows. Yes, I think it could have used perhaps a little more haunting because it's there's there's really there's some tension. Yeah. There's not a lot of like clutching your you know blanket up to your face kind of moments, which Hill House had, and that didn't take away from any of the drama. Um, I think that they could have 
ramp that up a little bit, but also they're, you know, they're, they're not, they're not just worried about expectations from the first season. I think it's a completely different crew. It's, it's a lot of the same cast, which you love to see in those kind of shows, but completely different characters and everything like that. Some with, uh, with questionable accents, but overall. Well, that was, yeah, that was what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just like a bit. I, I like that they took the ghost idea from the first one and made Uh-oh. the ghosts essentially. There we go. Spoiling too much. <laughs> made the ghosts the main players. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like they. I thought that was a really cool twist on it. I thought. Yeah, that was for neat. sure. I don't know. I don't know where they're going to go from here. <laughs> I don't think they are. I heard that they're not. They're not mm-hmm. planning on anymore. Oh, that was it. Yeah. Ah, for now, Flanagan at one point tweeted out saying that there are no future plans for new ones, but I mean, classic literature has plenty of ghosts in them, so I'm sure they yeah. can find some inspiration somewhere. Okay, well, a lot of checkbooks can come out. That's <laughs> now my biggest miss of 2020 right there, that there are no more hauntings. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Have you ever watched one of the, I watched one of the YouTube videos where it shows all the, like the ghosts that were in the backgrounds of scenes, and yes. I'm like, how did I miss all those? There yes. were like a million of them, like, hey, like standing way in the background and that, and I'm like, how did I miss all of that? Like, <laughs> did you miss all of them? The first time I saw one in Hill House scared the hell out of me. Like, yeah. <laughs> A window somewhere yeah. and it was like and that made it because then you're looking for the rest of the series you're looking all over I the was, place i saw a few of them but there was ones that were like really like hidden and then but when you watch the thing you're like oh my god there's like a ton that i just didn't see yeah just hanging in scenes <laughs> that like, were like just there, there's something expecting. like 50, 56 ghosts or something hidden in the oh, first wow. series like there's yeah. a ton of them like they're they're everywhere and yeah, they're yeah. they're really well hidden but it's funny because once you watch that video if you go back and watch that season again they're clear as day like you oh yeah <laughs> clear as day they're like i right always find there. that sort of stuff i like that's a rewatch thing for me it's the same yeah. with scouting for easter eggs in a star wars or something like that yeah. i want to sit and watch with fresh eyes the first time around and not be distracted in the background or whatever's going on that sort of thing you know so yeah. that enriches the second time around like that it's sometimes it's a one watch thing, but this time it's a two or three watch, which is great. Yeah, yeah, uh, Blind Manor was really good. I thought that second last episode was really, really sad. You know, yeah, the black yes. and white and everything was, was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I thought the acting was really good, but I also, I got to agree with Backstage Ben. I got to say that it could have used more scares, uh, you know, maybe too many tears and not enough scares. Yeah, especially <laughs> when they release it in October, it right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was a good adaptation though. Yeah. Yeah, you do. I mean, and, and that it did create more controversy than the first season because I think people expected that it was going to be a jump scare show, um, but it and it really wasn't. And I think people were there. There were sort of two sides to this show. I mean, uh, two sides of you know the argument, and it really did create a bit of a, a a rift in the in the fan base a little bit because of the way they chose to do it. But uh, it's too bad that that takes away from people's enjoyment of the show, yeah. right? Because if you don't go in expecting it to be as as high scare value as the first season, then uh, if you go in expecting that, then you will be disappointed. But if you know it's not like that at all, and I think that's why there were almost like, there were articles that were like warnings, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it's great, it's really, really good, not, not terribly scary. Not, not yeah. scary, yeah. <laughs> it's true, and it's good to know that going in. All right, well, I'll go next. Uh, I'm st- I'll stay in the uh, sort of horror realm. Um, mine was uh, The Outsider. I don't know if anybody <gasps> watched that. Uh, I did. Yeah, the Stephen King adaptation. Um, it was on HBO's ten episodes, and it had Ben uh, Mendelsohn. Mendelsohn. Yep. Mendelsohn. Yep. Yeah, Mendelsohn in it, and uh, I loved it. I was like hooked episode after episode. Oh, oh, something's gonna happen here. I, right, here we go. 
that was my runner-up for the miss of 2020. Oh, okay, I was that's, that's super, fine. <laughs> but also for the same reason, Luke, that you say that you didn't love the third day was, to me, there was so much going for it. And it's one of the, actually, one of the few Stephen King books that I haven't read yet. So I came into it not it's knowing fresh. the story. Yeah. Um, but again, you've got, so Jude Law is Jason Bateman in this case. You've got Jason Bateman kicking things off yeah. as like the main character for a few episodes. And then while things shift around, but I just found you've got 10, ep- you've got, you've got like four great episodes spread across 10 episodes. There were so many. It, it could have been maybe eight. It took like, a long time. Yeah. I, I just loved it. I just got, like, got hooked in it. And I like that it was, the story was sort of sprawling. Like it wasn't like really quick paced. I like that. It was yeah. a sort of, sort of simmered. And then, uh, and also the supernatural sort of aspect, you knew something was going on, but it didn't really wasn't in your face even by the end they didn't have to fight some massive monster yeah. or anything it was it was kind of understated in that way that's what i liked about it i wasn't like it was like that and i liked the fact that there were a lot of characters who were very um skeptical about the whole thing right like you had that but you could yeah. fit just conversations of the skepticism in about two full episodes like there's so much talk about well this can't be it this can't be real <laughs> well there was an episode too where they ate they went to this like really cool fried chicken stand like and i, and I had to go get fried chicken that night i couldn't like, handle it i was just like i gotta get fried chicken that was but, a, uh, a highlight for sure uh, <laughs> it was. but no i just loved it i thought it was great i was hooked from t- start to finish i couldn't wait for the next episode like i just was like right into this the storyline so yeah anyways. yeah that was mine and ben what's yours Mine is, um, I haven't actually finished it yet, but for me, it was Shit's Creek, and I was not expecting to love it as much as I really do. Um, In 2015, I think, when it came out, I really, I watched the first episode or two and passed it off as another not great Canadian comedy, honestly. I was expecting Brent Butt to show up at some point. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) But it, and I hated all the characters. Like, every single person in that show, I had, I didn't like them at all. But my wife, eventually, like, she was watching it, and she kept saying, you gotta give it a try, you gotta give it a try. So, after the rave reviews of the series finale, I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. So, I, I slogged through the first few episodes again, and then like there are, there's some way that you can connect with these unconnectable characters. Yeah. yeah. Like so like atrocious human beings in some cases that end up so endearing. And as the show goes on, I think I'm in like midway through season four right now. Um, every, like they're, they're adorable. <laughs> they're, yeah. it's, so, it's such an uplifting show. I find it so wholesome despite the fact that they drop the F bomb, like <laughs> once every three episodes, it's so weird yeah. to me that they've done that. Yeah, like it could very easily be like a TV PG or whatever. But they end up just going. It's a TV MA because they they say the F word. Like <laughs> I probably heard it like fifteen times in four seasons. It's not a ton, yeah. <laughs> but it's just like it actually is one of those shows that just brings me joy to watch. I love it. It's yeah. true, and I, and I feel like everybody feels like that. Like I have not. I was in the same boat that you were. I I didn't really get into it. We binged it this this year. Yeah, like, so that we could catch up before season six aired like yeah good call good call yeah yeah we did we did the same thing but it was the same i was like "Eh, i don't know but like i haven't met a single person who doesn't like this show like there's just something about these people who are not the best people like they're not the greatest human beings but they become the greatest human beings like it's it's like almost about redemption and just about how you know even the the most questionable people can be like just so amazingly great <laughs> and just you know wait till you wait till you get further in it gets even more 
Like, I love where we're at now. Like I'm really, they've certainly, they found their groove within season two and people yeah. there were, it's not like it was a huge change where you've seen characters from season one be completely different in season two because they weren't resonating with the audience. Yeah. There's been this great character arc with everybody. Yeah. And like they've all, there has been redemption in a lot of cases, but yeah, it, it's just like, it's so it's so uplifting and positive of a show, despite the fact that they're also horrible sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> weird, weird mix. It's literally like a, a once in a lifetime thing. Like, I don't oh, think yeah. anybody could recreate a show like that. It's oh, definitely yeah. another crown in that uh, Canada's jewels, I would say. Yeah. I love the, the acting is what drew me in, but the writing is what kept me watching. Yeah. yeah. Love shit screen. Yeah. yeah. It's so perfectly cast. Like every one of those people are, you believe that that's who they are. Mm -hmm. like, it's hard for me to see Dan Levy in interviews now and not think that he's David. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, I mean, he is like, they're all, and Annie, um, I can't remember her last name. Um, Miller? Like, is it Miller? The sister. Murphy. Murphy. Annie Annie Murphy. Murphy. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> She's yeah. Alexa. Like that's all, that's who she is. <laughs> so, yeah. so good. The, I was a huge SCTV fan, so this was like an easy watch for me. Like I just, I just was totally into it. The thing I like about it too, it's not your conventional sitcom type writing. If you notice, like sometimes the ends, like usually, like lost it comes end with like one big line, and then they go out. But sometimes it'll just be like a throwaway line. All of a sudden, that music starts playing and the credits start going. I'm like, that was it. It was like, yeah, it, was it like, just kind of fizzles, but it's always so funny when it does. I know it's like this is great. I love it. Like at first, I was kind of like, okay, that's kind of a weird way to get out of that episode. But after a while, you get kind of get used to that style. It's just like a slice of life, and yeah. they're out. That's done. That's credits roll. It's like it's pretty yeah. cool. I just it's love it. Like, like it's just so good. It's not wrapping up a, a, a comedy storyline in every half hour. Right. Yeah, that's not what it is. It's, you know, you're right. It's a slice of life. It's, that's what happened in that particular yeah. moment in there. In yeah, their it's so just good. So, so good. So good. All right. Well, let's move on to movies of 2020. Now, there, there hasn't been a huge selection, so we may have some doubles <laughs> up. If someone has your movie, just jump in on it and we'll, uh, we'll move from there. Um, okay. Let's start with who have we started with yet? Did we start with Larry yet? I don't think we have. No. Let's do it. I'm right. going to start? You're going to start. All right. You're up. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to, so hits. We're doing hits, right? Hits. Let's go hits first. Yeah. Okay. So hits, so hits first. Um, this one was, was late in coming for me because I, I just watched it maybe a week or two ago and I, and it had been on my list and I hadn't watched it, but I thought, ah, I'm going to go see it. I'm going it, to, it, it's on Netflix. It's obviously, we're not in movie theaters right now, uh, but uh, it's got um, uh, Andy Samberg in it. Who I love, and I thought, okay, Andy Samberg, I like him. I'm already in. Um, it's called Palm Springs. I don't know if you guys have. I seen want this. to see it. I haven't, I haven't it watched yet. it yet, but no. yeah, it's on the list for sure. I loved this movie. It, it like I, I okay. Since you haven't seen it, I'm not going to go into detail. Have you seen it, Neil? Okay, I think so it's like Groundhog Day, but different. But I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I won't. I won't go into detail. Hello, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, there you <laughs> <I> are. <got> <laughs> uh, yeah. It, Neil's right. It, it's like Groundhog Day, except for different. So it's got a, a, a geeky element to it. So it fits with what we're doing. It, it's, it is like a romance, like a love story, but it's definitely falls within our universe um, in, a, in a pretty awesome way. And, and it's Andy Samberg. Who, who's Andy Samberg in this movie? He's oh, yeah. the king of underrated comedies. Like, yes. Popstar is one of the funniest yeah. movies of 2016. Like, it, it just... It kills me, and it got no love. Same with Hot Rod. I mean, Hot Rod, I didn't love the first time, but I love Hot Rod. It, I love Hot Rod. 
love Hot Rod. I, I just showed it to my son last year. I was like, you've got to see this. This is the funniest movie. I think I like it more than he did, but I, I love hey, that. Have him watch it again. That's what it was with yes. me. The first time around, didn't love it, but it, it, like, it definitely grows on you and sticks with you. It was hilarious. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, well, I mean, this this is like that. Like, I mean, I just, I fell in love with it instantly, but I could see it's the kind of thing that people are like, this is a little bit odd and a little bit weird, but I feel like if you watch it a second time, you're going to be like, this is fantastic. Like, it's just, it's a very sweet movie too. Like, it's a little bit, like, I mean, his movies are, because Hot Rod kind of was too. Like, There's a lot of heart for sure in them. Yeah, yeah, he's a sweet, lovable guy. And that's who he is in this in this movie as well. But uh, it, this is like right at the right near the top of my list. Uh, might be at the top of my list. I just I just loved it. I thought it was I thought it was a fantastic movie. I just wish that it had been on the big screen. It felt like it could have used a big screen. Yeah. You know, even though it's not a like a monster movie or a, takes place in space or anything like that, it just felt like I should. It would have been more immersive to be on a bigger screen. That was the only downside to it, but I highly recommend it. It's a great one. All right, Neil. Uh, favorite movie. Wow. Uh, I don't know if it's my absolute favorite because I haven't watched a lot of 2020 movies, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna, just going to point out one that uh, it looked like it wasn't going to be anything great, but I actually had a lot of fun with it. And that is Bill and Ted Face the Music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. I just watched that. Yeah. Yes, it was it was most uh, most triumphant. Uh, basically. <laughs> It wasn't bad. Like, you know, you think about a sequel from like, I guess it was like 29 years earlier that the, that the last film, The Focus Journey, right? Um, so it's been a long time since the public had, had uh, you know, gotten to see these characters. Um, and it's like the traditional kind of, you know, like idiot friends, right? And then they learn and, you know, they get respect for history and stuff. But they're just so silly and live with their like kind of California surfer accents and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, but, but it's, it's actually good. That's the surprising thing, because a lot of people were like, oh, God, you know. But it was actually pretty good. Face the Music is actually a lot of fun. Uh, the supporting cast is great. Uh, there's a nice little tribute to uh, uh, George Carlin there, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely uh, pleases a lot of fans of the first two movies. If you love the first two movies, you've got to give this one a chance for sure, because uh, it is a lot of fun. It's, it's definitely worth renting at least once anyway. So I had fun with that one. I'll, I'll probably think of a movie I like better later, but for now, <laughs> you know, I had fun with that one. So. I'm glad you yeah, say that, because I struggle with comedies, sequels that take place so much later, or not even take place, but occur so much later. You, there's a list of just disappointing comedy sequels. Anchorman 2 was one of those. Yeah. Dumb and Dumber 2 was not near as good. Yeah. 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 Trooper Troopers 2, I was so looking forward to that. And it's just like, and uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot too. I'm like one of the biggest Jay and Silent Bob fans. I was like, watching really old men now <laughs> do these kind of jokes. Yeah, I don't know. Movie. Like, And good. I'm older too, so the humor doesn't hit me the way it did when I was like 18. But... Yeah. I, it, it, it's worth a shot. So that's exactly why I didn't watch that, but I totally would based on your recommendation. Yep. I watched, uh, I, so I, I watched all three back to back because like I, had, I hadn't seen the first two in a long time. I realized Bill and Ted aren't really that funny of characters. They're kind <laughs> of, they're very one note. Yeah. Um, but the first movie was kind of fun because they go back in time. There's a lot of great supporting characters in that movie. This bogus journey can go right in the trash. That movie's horrible. Like, is this, is this, like the first one had like a charm to it. The first, second one, they had to bring, of course, like an evil villain in. And it's just like, it just took away the magic yeah. of, the, of that sort of like the idea. The third one, I thought they brought back. I like the, that the daughters went back to find the greatest musicians yes. in history. 
to, to, to make the greatest band ever. Um, I thought that was really cool. And it, it had more of the feel. I did like the Bill and Ted where they played uh, like themselves in alternate realities. I thought was cute, good. So I thought it was pretty good. Like I, I was actually like, after I watched Bogus Journey, I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if I can sit through this third one. But <laughs> I was like, no, it was good. It was, I thought it was actually, it was more like the first one. It was much more like the first one, but Bogus Journey can go in the trash. So just put that ready in, the, in my dumpster fire of movies to throw that in there. <laughs> Station. <laughs> What's up with those aliens? Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, before my pick, I'll say that there wasn't like a lot of, not a lot of great movies that really like, like I was that excited about this year that I really walked out of. The only one I thought was like, I was still thinking about at least when I walked out was Tenet. So yep. yeah. Like, did you guys see, you guys all saw Tenet or yep. yeah. I, it was about, like, I'll talk about Tenet in a minute. Oh, oh good. Oh good. <laughs> and I'm only putting it up there because I, I was still thinking about it after it was, yeah. it was entertaining enough. I was very confused during it. Yep. Like for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say much more about it. Cause I feel like it's going to come up again. Maybe. Okay, so I'll wait to add more to it. But it was like, I thought it was a cool looking movie. I thought it looked awesome. I thought it was just like the way it was produced was really cool. It it was, sometimes I wasn't sure if it walked the line of, is it it clever or is it just like kind of dumb? Like I wasn't sure, you know what I mean? It walked that sort of like fine line. It's a a stoner movie, right? It's like when you're stoned, you're not sure if you're being really, really smart or (laughs) (laughs) you just sound like an absolute idiot. (laughs) Yeah, that's where it was for me. I was like, not sure if this was a clever movie or not. Like, I, and I wasn't sure what I saw was was cool or not cool. But anyways, I, I, I'll put that as the top one that was most entertaining for me. I'm, I'm going to say it's the best movie of all time to say it was the most entertaining this year. Yeah. Of, 20, of 2020. I will give it credit for a big budget movie actually going in a theater too. Yeah. I, I will give it that. I, it gives it, I gave it an extra couple points for me. So it was, <laughs> uh, but other than that, I saw it in the theater and I don't know. I thought it was all right. Good enough. <laughs> A special <laughs> moment because it was in the theater. Yeah, it was. I, I, gave, I just gave it points, and I put in a point system and a scale. It's <laughs> <laughs> right, saying, saying a lot about 2020 when your when your whole uh, wrap up is. Ah, I thought it was all right. <laughs> well, that's the best I can give it. That's the best I can that's, give it. <laughs> that 2020 in a phrase right there. Eh, I thought it was all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looked good. <laughs> ben, what do you think? Uh, my hit, uh, one of my favorite movies of 2020. It was. It was a. Uh, uh, festival release in 2019, but a big one in 2020 was uh, Color Out of Space with Nicholas. Oh, Cage. Yeah. oh yeah, I, I adore that. that movie. I yes. I went in with super high expectations because I love Gonzo, Nick Cage, I yeah. love Lovecraft, I love uh, Richard Stanley, all of it. Like it was, I went in with super high expectations, but also like it can't be as good as I think it'll be. And it was just delightful. I was I was so wrapped up in it as it was getting crazier and crazier. I knew that I was also getting crazier and crazier and like it was, it was perfect. It was like a drug trip, but it was free because it was on Netflix. So it was great. I really loved it. Like the colors, the actual coloring of the movie was phenomenal. And it's such an unusual color that they picked and it works so well. The, the effects, especially the practical effects were phenomenal. It yeah. felt very thingy to me, you know, like yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I, I loved it. And I thought Mandy, I had seen Mandy earlier yes. and I thought Mandy was going to be my movie of the year, but then yeah. color out of space, even just oh, blew really? that out of the water too. Yeah. That it, was freaky it, stuff. It, yeah. It, I, I felt yeah. the exact same way about the thing. I totally thought this was like a modern retelling of the thing. Yeah, for sure. Which, but, but in a good way, like in a totally different way but it felt much like- better than the modern retelling of the thing that we had yes. a few years ago <laughs> yes. absolutely the prequel yeah 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 that, yeah that was i totally had forgotten about that movie but you're right i mean 
I think I think Nick Cage has finally after all these years, found his niche. <laughs> just be as crazy as you can possibly be. Ridiculous, and yeah. Yeah. Not support. And so that's exactly why I say he needs a good support system, though. You can't yeah. just say your log line can't be just throw Nicolas Cage in front of a camera and let him yeah. do his thing. You do yeah. need to have a good script for him to chew on and that sort of thing. Like That's why Mandy works, too, I think, and that's yeah. why um, uh, the history of swear words on Netflix now. That's why he's a perfect choice for that because it's so outrageous and you need somebody with no inhibitions, but yeah. you, also, you also have to make sure that they're not just going completely haywire. You yeah. need to have that story to back it up. And that's why, yes, you're right. He's picking the right scripts now because there are still a lot of bad Nicolas Cage movies out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but really, many, I mean, many. he's, had, he's yes. had two like really solid performances in his last two like has he done anything between man he did one called jujitsu which looks horrible he oh. it's jujitsu against aliens actually um from what i've seen i haven't watched it yet but the reviews on that one so far are not great <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and that's exactly what i mean about having a good script and a good support system <laughs> yeah good, awesome. good call on that one i'd forgotten about that one that's that's right up there too all right, let's go to let's go to Mrs. Uh, I'll go to Lawrence because I wonder what he's gonna pick. Oh well, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, and it really pains me to have put this as my miss of the year because I love Christopher Nolan. Like literally, he has not had a misstep in his career. Like mm-hmm. I, until Tenet, <laughs> and I just. <laughs> Like I saw it in the theater too, and I was so. First of all, you're right; it was in the theater, and I was so excited to see anything in the theater. Yeah. <clears throat> let alone a massive tentpole movie, let alone a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. I was. I went in with the highest expectations, and his movies are always like cerebral. Like you, you always need to think. Like I mean, um, Inception, um, Inter, um, Interstellar. They're all like you. You really had to sit and figure out what was going on so you i knew going in it wasn't going to be like just spoon fed but to literally be confused from the first moment of the film (laughs) until the credits ended i was like this is not good storytelling if like if i literally am lost for two solid hours (laughs) i don't i don't understand i went with my son who's 16 and he loves Christopher Nolan too. He one of his favorite movies is Interstellar. Like he just loves it. Yeah. And about an hour and a half in, I leaned over to him. I'm like, "Do you have any idea what's happening?" And he said, "I have no idea what's happening." <laughs> like, both of us were totally lost. But Lube, you're right. Like it's gorgeous. Like it looks amazing. So it kept my interest. Like I wasn't bored at any point because it's really intriguing. Like it looks really cool. And um, he did a lot of really cool physical because it's all time. Have you guys seen it? Yeah, oh yeah. It, Neil, have you, did you see it? Oh, did no, okay. I haven't seen it. Okay, well, it's it's time based, like it's all based on time and and that sort of thing. And he did a lot of physical effects where there are two different timelines happening in the same room, like with two people who are literally operating in two different timelines, one going forward and going going backwards. And he physically did it so that one actor did all of its performance backwards while the other actor was going forward. So when they played the camera, it they reversed it. it like it was brilliant. Like it was amazing. That is brilliant. I think like that, those, the fight scene, like the main, like hand to hand combat, yeah. that scene and the fact that you watch it twice, 
almost makes that movie one of the best of the year because it is absolutely incredible. It is. And like the filmmaking, the level of filmmaking is unparalleled. Like I've never seen anything like it. Like, and there's like a, there's a massive uh, battle scene sort of at the end. That's the same thing. Like it's backwards and forwards at the same time. And it's just, it is literally mind blowing. But the so Larry problem. loved it. Okay, let's move I on. And, uh, <laughs> and we'll leave it right there because that's perfect. <laughs> but, but the problem I had was I just, they, it was way more convoluted than I think it needed to so be. Complex, so complex. It was so, and it didn't need to be because like I, it was one of those movies that I came home and I watched like three different YouTube videos of like Tenet Explained just <laughs> to figure out what was happening. And it took several videos to kind of go, oh, okay. So now I understand it. And I feel like if I went back and watched it again, I'd, it might be better. But originally I was just like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I it was it fell in the middle for me it wasn't a it wasn't the biggest hit for me it wasn't the biggest miss though but that was exactly it It was so confusing that at one point I just gave up on it right and then it's still enjoyable enough to watch and sort of let happen I'll be honest I did the same thing with Inception the first time I watched it couldn't understand it (laughs) so where the hell they were in the layers of dreams and all that sort of thing yeah again but that makes it worth another rewatch at some point when you when you were able to understand it You've yeah. got the the shock and awe of how cool looking it is out of the way. You can start to try to follow it. And that's why Inception actually became one of my favorite movies when I was able to actually follow it along a lot easier. Exactly. <laughs> and I feel like that's the case. Like, I, I haven't actually gone back to rewatch it. Like, my plan was to actually go back to watch it in the theater because I was, there was nothing else playing. I wanted right. to see a movie in the theater. I was like, I just, maybe I'll go back and rewatch it. But I couldn't, because it's like three hours long. It's a really long movie. It's long, yeah. Um, and I just couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to, I'm like, I don't know if I want to sit through three hours again of not. So I'm I'm waiting to for it to come to Netflix and where I can like piece it out and spend some time with it. And I'm sure you're right. I'm sure over time, if I watch it a couple more times, it'll be like that is amazing. Yeah, because Christopher Nolan's good. Like he's he knows what he's doing. For sure. <laughs> I'm yeah, a student so. of David Lynch, so I'm used to confusing movies. So I kinda, yeah, fair I, enough. There you go. I kind of <laughs> got it. Like I kind of, I actually was pretty close to what it was going on, but it took me to the end to figure to piece it together. Yeah, but it was. It was. Uh, it's a puzzle. It definitely is a puzzle. Huge puzzle. Big puzzle. Yeah. And I'm not a good puzzle puzzle maker. <laughs> <laughs> so as much as it hurts me to say it, it, it was it was my miss of the year. All right, Neil. What do you think? Uh, I didn't see many bad movies. <laughs> but you know what i'm gonna go all the way back to the beginning of 2020 back in january oh, um, I'm, I'm such a big robert downey jr fan but oh, <laughs> i actually watched Doolittle. i know <laughs> i actually yeah. watched it and i just i'm just like i'll just watch this what the hell i know it's gonna be for kids i know and that in was the, the thing right it was all just eh, it's for little kids but oh my god it was like oh uh, okay. i couldn't watch i turned I, the trailer I, off I, halfway through i don't know how you made it through the whole movie yeah I, I did. I, I just, uh, it was like, it was, at some point it was like, I'm more on my phone than watching this movie. But, yeah. So yeah, I didn't really give it my full attention because I kind of lost interest, you know, uh, like in the first third of the movie. And the whole time you're just going like, why did they make this? It's just, uh, <laughs> yeah. This but is, yeah, I don't have much to say about Doolittle. I mean, you know, little to say about Doolittle. So. <laughs> this is one of those, this is one of those movies that got such bad press and bad reviews and that I really want to see it. Because <laughs> I'm like, I gotta see this thing. Like yeah. this, it's like, like cats it's, or the room. Or yeah, something. yeah. yeah. I yeah. want. I really want to see how bad this thing. I haven't watched it yet, but I, it's on my list because I'm like, 
this is this is going to be the most fun I've had at the movies all year. Oh, it's going to be just terrible. <laughs> I couldn't get past yeah, his If you want to laugh at it, it's a good time. Yeah. yeah. His accent was horrible in the in the trailer, and I'm like, I can't even. Like, yeah. I was like, Ben, I, I can't watch any more of this. This looks terrible. <laughs> like, so yeah. bad. Yes. <laughs> All right, uh, Ben, what's what's happening? <laughs> uh, okay, the biggest miss for me is not necessarily a bad movie, but it was a big disappointment just based on the controversy around it, and that was The Hunt um, with Betty Gilpin. Yes. I I actually I enjoyed the movie, but it was it was it had um, what I have called interviewitis in the fact that the same with Seth Rogen and James Franco's The Interview. There is so much controversy building up before the movie comes out saying it's going to divide the nation and it's like people it's you know cats versus dogs and all this sort of thing like it sounded like it was going to be this incredibly you know uh inflammatory movie and it wasn't at all it's a great it's a good movie i enjoyed it but to me i just found like it was a little opportunistic in the fact that it's basically uh the most dangerous game but then they throw in little little shots that like they'll say libtards and they'll say snowflakes and they'll say this sort of thing here and there and sprinkle that in to make it seem like it's you know edgy i guess i don't know the the violence in it was great you know it's a (laughs) horror movie level violence although it's not necessarily a horror it's more of a thriller um the performances are are uniformly very good like you've got Ethan Suppley and you've got uh, Ike Barinholtz and and of course Betty Gilpin like everybody does a really good job and Hillary Swanks in the damn movie like yeah so crazy but to me it just it didn't I at no point was like oh I see where they're where they're talking about it was way too much um, I guess anti hype before the movie came out because nobody had seen it the trailer once again really made it seem like it was a different movie than it was very different that was like the opposite of what people thought it was going to be but. It just, it was like, oh, uh, I felt so, I felt like leading up to it, I was like, ooh, you know, this is one of those times like sneaking booze out of my parents' liquor cabinet. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be watching this, but I am. I can't wait. And it was like, oh, it was fine. It sounds like like those movies from the, like the 50s and 60s that the trailers were like, we dare you to say the entire, you know, to not pass out after the opening credits. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like like a plastic skeleton jumping around the screen. Yeah. (laughs) That's what this sounds like. Yeah, Yeah, I was actually surprised by that movie. I I didn't know what to, I didn't even know, I hadn't even seen any of the hype going into it. So I was just like, I was walked into that movie, but it was like, because there's a few actors that were bigger in the first scene and they're like, killed off in the first like five minutes of the movie oh, yeah. i'm like what i thought they were gonna be like the main characters because i had <laughs> walked in with like no knowledge of this movie i loved it i thought it was great i did i like movies where people are hunted down for some reason like <laughs> I, like ice tea and surviving the game <laughs> you know what i mean like we're, they, <laughs> that's, like, that's the thing again it's 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 not a bad movie but like literally trump and not that i'm one to really follow trump's words but he he tweeted about how divisive this movie was going to make oh, the United States. Really? And like, they, well, they pulled it. They, they, they canceled the movie. They, they dropped it from release for oh. a few months, and then they were going to release it again until the pandemic hit. So it was one of those, like, actually ripped from theaters was not going to make it into theaters. Wow. And so, again, just like the interview, I was like, oh, I've got to see this. What is <laughs> making everybody so mad? <laughs> and no, it's it, again like not a not a bad movie at all. I enjoyed it. I'll probably watch it again, but with totally different expectations. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't there some contra- Wasn't there like a, a school shooting or a, some sort of a, an event that 
happened just before its release that got it pulled. I seem to remember that there was an issue, like some gun violence issue. You know, which, I think you could be right. Yeah. <laughs> I think that there was something that happened that they said, well, we can't have people hunting other people. Yeah. So I think that that's possible. Yeah. Pulled it because of that. But, uh, but then it, it made it back in and obviously they're, they're uh, the, the type of hype that it got probably made it way more money than it would have made if they if there was no hype <laughs> it would have if it ever made it into theaters i think i watched it on netflix or crave yeah. or something <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well i don't think it made it yeah i don't think it went to th- i think it was one of those ones that then the pandemic hit yeah and then you could like rent it for yeah 20 bucks that's what on. i did yeah. yeah yeah all right i've got two possibles here I'm just going to go, do we go with one or do we go with two? <laughs> Start with one and then we might stop you after that. <laughs> okay, I've, I've got to go right into Wonder Woman. Like, oh, have, you, have you seen yep. Wonder Woman? I, I have I, not yet. No. It's, I don't, I know, I think Neil, you saw it. I, it's riddled with problems. I, it's a great looking movie yeah. and on the surface looks really fun. But when you start digging into the, like, the plot of this movie, it's really not great. It's, it's, there's a lot of things not explored. There's some really questionable decisions in it that they made. And it's just, if you guys, I don't want to spoil it if you guys haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, it was just, I just didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would have. Yeah, it's really hard to point out the, the criticisms, like the, the, the lesser parts of the movie without spoiling That's it. Because yeah. Yeah. it all has to do with, you know, this thing you know this MacGuffin you know this this object uh, that the Mandalorian has uh, you know but um, I, I I enjoyed it for the most part I thought the third act was like well they could have done that differently you know and uh, there were parts of it where we were like uh, by the end of it you're like I'm gonna go watch the first one again yeah <laughs> like, I, I love the cast it's, I, not terrible. I, it's it's like it looks it looks great like you're like oh this looks fun like the whole time you're thinking this is must be fun because it looks fun but then you dig deeper and you're like this why did this happen and this doesn't make any sense and how can they fly a, a like a a standard jet all the way to the middle east in one tank of gas i don't know there's a lot of questions <laughs> in this movie that i cannot <laughs> i cannot answer but you'll you'll find it when you see it like it's it's worth watching but it's just it's mm. i had this big problem and it's the same thing that i did with the hunt i didn't I, I hate paying for a movie to stream it at home. Uh, like I spend so much money every month on streaming services, you know, for yeah. that extra bit. So I, The Hunt was one of them. Wonder Woman was one of them where I'm just like, you know, Disney Plus has got Soul and it's on there. They didn't charge to watch that. You know, they did, yeah. the, they did that with Mulan and I passed on Mulan. I'm passing on Wonder Woman for that reason. Totally would be, you know, opening weekend in the theaters to see it. But it's just not one that I can justify spending like 20 or 25 or 30 bucks to see at home. Yeah. $30. It's, it's, uh, I think that's turning a lot of people off. Like yeah. I, I get it because chances are you're probably not watching it alone. Maybe, maybe most people watch it with somebody. Right. And if you were to go to a theater, 30 bucks for a movie yep. is what you're paying. So, yeah. but the problem is you're at your home yeah. and you're not, you know, I mean, it's not the same experience when you go into a movie theater and you pay 30 bucks, you're paying to be in those seats. You're paying to smell the, the ambiance. Yeah. Yeah. You're paying for to sure. see it on the biggest screen. And those are all parts of the, the cost. So to charge the same for a streaming movie at your home, yeah. I just don't think is right. Yeah, yeah. you got to split it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not worth it for yeah. one person. <laughs> That's right. No yeah. Question. I mean, split it with your wife or your girlfriend, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know, or whatever. But the, the, only, the, only thing I, the only thing I did hear about this, and I think, Neil, you had mentioned this, uh, was that it's called 1984, but there's no 80s music in it. That right. was another, no, that's another trailer. issue I had. What? Uh, 
Yeah, they've got the malls, they've got the fashion, but no music? Yeah, it's, it's good news and bad news for me because I agree with you, uh, Larry, that it is, it's kind of like, what, really? You know, but at the same time, I love the 80s to death. I know we all do because we're all more or less from that kind of generation. But um, yeah. but I, I, I didn't want them to kind of just put in like a, another version of, you know, like another, you know, whatever, take on me, uh, come on Eileen or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever 80s huge song they're going to do. They did Blue Monday for the trailer and that, that yeah. trailer was so awesome. That's one of the yeah. best edited trailers I've ever seen was that first Wonder Woman 84 trailer. So I got a, enough of the 80s music just out of that. So it is kind of like odd, but it, to me, it wasn't that disappointing that there wasn't that much 80s music. Yeah. It was more just like the flow of the story that was kind of more like, yeah. that's yeah. a problem. I, there's a lot of scenes where I'm like, oh man, this could have used this song or this song. Like, you know, it's just, there was, there was one scene where there was like, I think it was like Frankie goes to Hollywood or something was very light in the background. Like, I think it was an actual 80s song, but it was so light in the background of this party scene. Like you wouldn't have known it. Like, but, but I was like, it definitely needed, there was lots of scenes where I'm like, oh, this could have used like take my breath away by Berlin or something. Right. Like it was Where's the Duran Duran. Yeah. <laughs> there's lots of, even like, even like the, the B level songs could have been in it, but it yeah. was, I don't know. I don't know if they just didn't want to pay for them. I don't know why no one decided that, Hey, this would be a great idea to put eighties music in a, in a, movie that takes place in the 80s but i don't but know the fact that it's called 1984 i mean it, it just yeah. screams out to be like covered in in 80s nostalgia well and there's scenes where they really push the 80s stuff like nostalgia and it's then there's scenes where they've forgotten about it and it's like you're like it could be any movie at any time period like you yeah. just you forget which was like, a problem in the first one too like they had that issue in the first one where they just kind of ignored the timeline or the time frame of it in some cases like overall again it's like it's dripping with that era but then you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. All right. We'll and wait, I'll just we'll leave, I'll just leave the new mutants out there. That was my second pick. I, I couldn't I couldn't decide between the two. So oh. I'll leave new mutants <laughs> just on the side for you guys to think about for a later podcast. So okay. um, that was a missed opportunity for sure. Yeah, that was. Let's move on to our other category. So this can be pretty much anything. Like you can go back to TVs or movies. You can do a theme. You can do a anything like that. So let's start with our hits of um of this year. So uh let's go, Ben. For me, it was the, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the music theme overall, um, which is probably to be expected, but yeah. the music that came out of the pandemic. So not just what was going to be released either way, but some of the music that came out of the pandemic just hit so well. Um, I look at things like, we'll start with Canadian boys, Arkells. Yeah. They did a full on acoustic album of all their hits and not like this was a not planned ahead or anything like that, but they wanted to do something. So they recorded it all separately um, acoustically. And it's a great album. It's called Campfire Chords. It's all the recognizable hits from those guys, but acoustic, they, they went all into the pandemic. They released five songs this year. They were, they did like daily music lessons. They really, oh, wow. they went online as much as they could. And I loved it. Uh, Bruce Springsteen got back together with the E Street Band out of nowhere. They recorded it over like 10 days or something like that. And it was, again, something that wasn't planned. Uh, Nick Cave, who's one of my favorites, Nick Cave did a, a concert by himself in a, at Alexandria Hall. Um, it's just him and a piano in an empty, huge hall. It's gorgeous. It is such wonderful, wonderful music that he did with it. Um, and Dropkicks, Dropkick Murphys did uh, an empty show at Fenway, which I loved. And that was one of the two, the two shows that I actually streamed, like the two concerts that I streamed were both Dropkick Murphys. They did their St. <laughs> Paddy's Day special. And then later on in the summer, they did a Fenway Park one. And it, it was super fun. I'm not a huge concert streamer. I don't love that sort of thing. But 
uh, they did a great job. And I just loved that they were like the music that was created, not even, not the new stuff. There's a lot of like pandemic adjacent new music that was related, which is great. But what artists did to keep themselves busy and not just turn back to cocaine, basically, <laughs> during the <laughs> pandemic. I, I love, well, I'm sure that it was involved in most of that too. But I, I really did think the artists that we love and that we would have seen in concert probably at some point, they pivoted, which is a word that I hate using now, but they, they did a great job in a lot of cases. And then to cap it off, that Foo Fighters times like these that had like 40 different artists from across the world that oh, I cool. watch that all the time and it still brings me to tears. I love that. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. So, that's a great, that's a great uh, um, thing to bring up because this could potentially have been a musicless year. Yeah, there, there was potential for us not to get anything because the, they couldn't go into studios, they couldn't do whatever. And like the number of artists that thought creatively and thought, how are we going to keep doing this? And like your idea, you mentioned the, the online concerts. I, I uh, watched only one this year. I paid for one. It was Pussifer. I, I love nice. my, uh, <laughs> my, two, my tool spinoff bands. Yeah. But uh, um but but that was that was cool like it was and it, they were doing it in different ways and like you know you were still getting your e street bands and your arkells and things like but it was a neat spin on the way they normally do things i mean i think that the the music that did come out this year was almost better because it was different it was you yeah. know i mean it wasn't just a standard studio album that you were getting you were getting you know collaborations and you were getting solos and you're getting acoustics and you're getting things that you may not a lot have of tributes by. and that sort of yeah. thing yeah, yeah. It's, it that's was a, sure. that was really cool like you're right that was that was something that 2020 did bring that was a definite hit <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and they, they also had a uh, $400 uh, print sign of the time special edition box set yep. with 63 new tracks that I bought and I bought it on CD and I also got a few other things, but yeah. I won't talk about the thousand dollars. <laughs> it's at segues for misses because that's yeah. going to be one of my misses. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh man, I spent a lot of money this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Uh, what about you, Neil? Uh, I wanted to go with video games, if I may, because yep. um, there's a couple of, well, there's one big story in video games, which is my miss, but I'm going to talk about my hit first. My favorite game of the year, obviously, you know, I'm a Star Wars nerd, and I'm, I'm also a PlayStation 4 guy, so I had to get Squadrons yeah. on VR, because oh, yeah. the VR mode is fantastic. I mean, in Star Wars Battlefront, uh, a few years ago, uh, we did get the opportunity to fly around in an X-Wing, and there was that little uh, mission that ties into Rogue One with K2SO and all that. That was just a sampling. That was just a taste of what squadrons uh, wound up becoming here, as you can go into multiple kinds of ships. And the story, the campaign that you can play, you can also play that in VR. You have the option of playing in VR, so you can play the whole thing, you know, without the headset or with the headset if it gives you vertigo or, you know, <laughs> if it makes you sick, you know, I understand. But for me, it's, it's way more beneficial naturally to play it in VR because just, I just get so used to being in that cockpit. And it's just like, wow, it's like, it's like the Return of the Jedi Space Battle in 1983. Like, I've been fantasizing about this since <laughs> I was five years old, you know? That's awesome. In the 80s. So, um, yeah, I mean, Squadrons, uh, wow. Like, the, the storyline is okay. It's not like the greatest story of all time. You know, it's about an Imperial defector, a guy that goes to the, to the Rebellion. Um, <clears throat> and then you wind up bumping into a whole bunch of famous characters like Wedge and Admiral Akbar and stuff like that. Cool. And you meet up with a bunch of new uh, pilots and stuff, too. So it's great. Fantastic. And uh, my miss is going to be the console release. So keep that in mind. The console release only of Cyberpunk 2077. You guys probably <laughs> oh saw it. I've heard a story. lot about this. Yeah. The biggest botched launch of a major game that I, I think I've ever seen. 
you know, I couldn't, I can't believe they released it when it wasn't ready. Uh, on PC, the game is fantastic. Like I've watched some of the walkthroughs on YouTube, you know, just to kind of check it out. And it looks amazing. Like, like when it's working, it's awesome. <laughs> but when it's glitching, it's, it's, it's actually hilarious. I mean, you should look that up on YouTube as well. You see, you'll see characters just going like, dances when they're trying to leave the room, but they just can't stop moving like that. So, oh, man. A, a so modern day uh, Daikatana. Do you remember when that one came out? It was like late 90s. Yeah. The guy who did Doom. That. And uh, it was going to be like the next Doom, and it was just a piece of flaming garbage. <laughs> like, it was so bad. <laughs> but that's exactly what this is. The hype leading up to it. Keanu Reeves, super into it. Like, he's a character. He did all the promo for it and everything. And, yeah, yeah it just absolutely flopped <laughs> right at the gate. Yeah, for the consoles, unfortunately. Which, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and the PlayStation Store, they took it down. Uh, they're offering refunds to people. So hopefully they get it all patched and re-released, you know, in the next six months or whatever. Because I think eventually people are going to go, oh, this is a really great game. You know, because sometimes launches get botched. I mean, Battlefront 2 had its issues when it was launched a few years ago. Uh, you know, with the, the, the tra microtransactions and all that. And it was unfair. Yeah, right, yeah, that. But then eventually it became a great game. It became this wonderful, great game to play multiplayer once they fixed it. So I'm just hoping that they, you know, fix it soon so I can pick it up and play through it on my PS for all right well I, my big hit of the year was uh awesome movies that actually got awards this year um like uh schitt's creek winning like every emmy possible yes. yeah it was so yeah. cool as a canadian it was like the best thing like ever happened yeah. and the other one was parasite winning the oscar yes oh, yes i thought it was God, cool. that I was thought, this year <laughs> yeah, i know it feels like it's like Holy. six years ago <laughs> Yeah. I actually looked at that and I'm like, was that this year? I had to look yes. back at it and I'm like, oh, I guess it was. Yeah, it was like back in February. So, yep. yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought it was just cool. Like Parasite for me was like, I love that movie. And it was the type of movie I didn't think the Academy would love. But uh, I was so cool to see, uh, like, a, um, was it South Korea or North Korea? I can't remember which. South Korea, for sure. Yeah. Was, uh, I can't remember. <laughs> the, uh, you know me with geography. Um, no. the, uh, but it was awesome that uh, it was, uh, that it won that. And uh, that a foreign movie would win. And also, but Schitt's Creek was like, the way it swept, it was almost embarrassing as a Canadian. I yeah. felt a little embarrassed that they won so much. I don't know about you guys. How very Canadian of you. I, yeah. It was very Canadian of us. <laughs> well, didn't it, wasn't it an award, like a record number of awards? Like, I don't think any um, sitcom or uh, television comedy has won that entire set of awards i don't think they have no i think that that was part sweep of all the majors yeah yeah like i don't think that's ever happened with any comedy like even modern family didn't even pull that off yeah, <laughs> yeah that's i mean that's part of Impressive. what that's so cool yes. it is yeah love Catherine. love eugene love the whole cast i mean i wasn't a big fan of chris elliott until i started watching this show from season one either i was like man that dude's hilarious he is <laughs> so he's funny. so good at playing a despicable character like he's yeah, always yeah. been a bad character <laughs> In like scary movie two, he's so gross. Yeah. And like, uh, something, about something about Mary. Yeah, yeah. I just, but, watched, I, it's, I just watched scary movie two like a month ago. Just rewatched it. It still makes me laugh. I don't know why. It's so terrible. But I yeah. love. And, and Chris Elliott is so funny in that movie with his little tiny hand. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> do you notice? So have you ever seen Chris Elliott do press? Like, he, he doesn't do, like, whenever you see the whole cast of Shit's Creek, he's never with them. No, he's not. He, he wasn't even at the, like, the party when they won. Like, I just, no. I just noticed that, like, I was like, where's Chris Elliott? Like, he's never there. And even well, when they did the sort of, like, recap, he was barely in it. Like, they, it well, weird. he wasn't in it. So they did, uh, they, they did a recap show at the end of the series, like, a half an hour. And he, he was, there were only two characters who didn't appear, and he was one of them. He wasn't in it at all. 
Yeah. But like he was a main character. Why would why would he not be in this recap? Like there were no interviews, there were no there weren't even clips of him on set. Like it was almost like he was like, I don't want to be a part of this. <laughs> I wish I had the full story. My brother-in-law actually told me recently there was a comedian by the name of Chris Elliott who is a Canadian comedian. And there was something that it's not, I don't think it was a legal thing by any means, but Chris Elliott, the American, is much bigger in Canada than he is in America. And possibly because of Shit's Creek. But like, he, Chris Elliott's been in a lot of sitcoms. He had his own sitcom briefly, I think. Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah. Get a life. Yeah. Yes. Um, but there was, there was something where there was a lot of confusion. And I always kind of bring it back to like the Bush and Bush X thing where oh, yeah. the comedian had it first. Like, so this, this other comedian by the name of Chris Elliott was like starting to kind of blow up a little bit in Canada. And this is, you know, late eighties, early nineties kind of thing. And the American Chris Elliott started coming to Canada and there's confusion. Like there's all this big thing. So I have no clue if there was actually any relation to that or if he's just, Maybe he lost his visa. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but it's really glaring. Like when you watch the, like you, like you said, when you watch the press or watch this recap show, it's, it's really glaring that he's not in it. And and it's probably, maybe just as a guy that just doesn't like to do interviews and things like yeah. that. Like maybe he likes to do the there, show. Yeah. And, like not everyone wants to likes to do that kind of stuff. And he's just like, I've done the show and now I'm out of here. And yeah, like, I, I know he has nothing but good things to say about it, but he's yeah, like, yeah. But he, he comes to work in the morning, he does his job, and he goes home. Like, yeah. that's, doesn't need to be enough. Yeah. He's not <laughs> he doesn't want to do any overtime. <laughs> yeah. Well, Larry, what's your, your hit of the... Uh... Well, I'm going to jump right on the back of Neil's hit <laughs> yeah. and go with video games. Um, but I'm going to go with a different video game. My hit of, uh, of the year is the uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Ooh. Because Final... Yeah. <laughs> 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 I I am a massive Final Fantasy VII fan. Like I I played I bought it when it came out and I played it like all night long and I, I played it, it like until it was done like sixty hours of not sleeping <laughs> and, and I and it was and I cried in it and it was like amazing <laughs> and I've played it three times since then or t sorry twice more so three times in total and so I was so excited about this this coming out and strangely they they released well not strangely i guess they released a demo a playable demo where you can play like the first hour for free uh before they released the, the thing so which was great because then you could like play it and i played that hour probably 10 times <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> like 10 hours of just this one scene because it was so good and it's just great but the only issue is and it's a little bit of a miss that it's only the first quarter of the game so what yeah so you play through and it's and it's and then the game stops so then you're gonna have to wait like another year or two for like the next part of the game oh, so i don't know how long it's gonna take for this entire the entire game to be released and i don't know why they did it this way um it can't be for space because it's no i mean it's gorgeous like there's a, i mean it's it's beautifully rendered but i i it's no different from like any of the uh, any of the other big name games so, so i don't know why they couldn't get it all on a couple of discs well interestingly i remember i bought final fantasy 7 when it first came out too on the pc yeah. it was a four disc game yes yeah. so huge it was like a booklet that it came in and everything like that it's yeah. one it's like it's a perfect video game it is so it is wonderful really, it's a so great great game it's so good that after playing that one hour for 10 hours <laughs> i found that on the ps4 in the ps4 store they have the original uh final fantasy 7 for like 14 bucks nice and, and there's no discs it's all just there 
Um, and they also, because I, I'm like, I love gaming, but I'm not like a hardcore gamer. So I'm fine with cheat codes and things. <laughs> uh, the new version of the original, you can now uh, like hit a button and like uh, have infinite um, health points and magic points, nice. HP and, and, <laughs> and XP. So Gets you through the grinding a little bit more, eh? Yeah. yeah, so you don't have to. And you know how there used to be like infinite battles? You'd just be walking in there. You could turn those off now. Um, oh, amazing. Yeah, so there's little things like that. So I've been playing. I've been actually replaying. I'm about 14 hours into the original again. <laughs> because you're right. To me, it is a perfect game. Like yeah. it is, The storytelling is great. It's so good. So when they re-released this it, like remastered it now it's it's just beautiful like it's just it's a story the same story we love but just so it's not like a 60 dollar game for a quarter of the game is it like is it full yeah, price it's a it's a full price Oof. like an 80 yeah I, and i didn't know that going in i didn't read anything about it being only like a quarter of the game but that's that's what it is it's not the whole it's not the whole thing that's so, and it gets changed as miss to that yeah, now. <laughs> it is a little bit of a that part of it is a little bit of a miss and yeah, like how many hours is that i wonder um, i i think i didn't really clock it but I, I was talking to other people and it's it's like 20 or 30 hours like it's, oh, wow. it's because there are they've added more depth to it did you play it neil do you, do you know the original no i played the original you know on the playstation but I've, i haven't played the uh, the remake the upper okay, but so you know the original so yeah Part of the original is you could walk through, you're walking through Midgard and you're walking through different places and there's lots of just citizens that you can walk up to and talk to, but you don't necessarily have to. But in this new game, you you can interact more with the citizens of the town and there's more sort of side stories. Um, okay. there's, there's, yeah, so they've really opened up the whole world and made it much more immersive. So it takes you longer to finish like a quarter of the game <laughs> and maybe that's why maybe that's why it's Fair so enough. you're still you're still getting a full solid gaming experience but just don't expect to actually be able to finish it for another i don't know 10 years <laughs> 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 yeah but it's good all right i'll do my miss um mine is the studio's fear of releasing movies in 2020 um and i know why they couldn't i know there's the COVID thing but the theaters were open quite a bit this year but it was like they don't want to re-release movies because no one wants to go to the theater, but then no one wants to go to the theater because there's no new movies to go see. <laughs> like, like if, if they had released like Black Widow, I would have gone and seen it like at the theater. I would have risked it. Like, cause they could have had it in the theater for like 30 weeks. Cause no one was seeing anything anyways. Right. But yeah. I know I went to theater. Like, I don't know if you guys have been to the theater this year very much since the pandemic, but I've been a few times and I'm still yeah. kicking around. Like it, it was fine. Like I didn't feel like unsafe at the theater at any point in time, but no, I've been I, a few times. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. like, like tenant, the tenant was in the theater for literally like 30 weeks. Like it was, it, it was there for still bomb. And it was in like six <laughs> of the eight theaters. Most yeah. of the <laughs> but it's true. Like, I mean, they limited the number. I went to see tenant in the IMAX theater, which is a 350 seat theater. And they had limited it to 50 people. So even if it had sold out, you would still only have 50 people in a 350-seat yeah. theater. So distancing wasn't an issue. Like, you were really far from everybody. I, I get not doing it for the big – like, I, I hate it, but I get not doing it for the big tent poles like Wonder Woman, that sort of thing. Totally would have seen it in theaters, passing on it for now to pay for it uh, to stream. But I appreciate the fact that this hopefully will kind of level the field. And I think it was – it was uh, Fincher. David Fincher was saying that 
like studio movies right now, they either will spend nothing on a no budget movie or they'll spend, you know, $500 million or something like that on a superhero or something like that. So he, the reason that Fincher has gone over to Netflix is there is a middle ground there. There are still 20 or $30 million movies to be made. And those are usually the stories that are the completely unique yeah. stories that aren't, you know, a, a, a adaptation reboot, all that sort of thing. Um, I think had they released some of those out, people may have been a little more adventurous. We saw, um, I think it was 2019, where great movies like Booksmart got no love and nobody went to see it because you, could, you couldn't find a theater that was holding it. Yeah. And I get, again, I get the, the, the financial reason is, well, why are we going to fill up a huge theater uh, with only 50 seats or something like that? You know, if we can not, if we can fill it up with the 30, 350 people that want to see a bigger movie. So I'm hoping that the, it'll change a little bit. I hope the dynamic changes where we'll see a little bit more of those, those mid-budget movies, those mid-range movies that are more passion projects than they are uh, dollar projects. Yeah. yeah. But the other thing that was interesting about not having these big tent poles in theaters, I was so desperate to go to a theater that I was looking for pretty much anything. Like I did, I did go to see um, Empire Strikes Back, like when they were running a lot of yeah. retro movies, that was cool. But the one other new movie that I went to see was Freaked. It was the- Freaky. Uh, Freaky, yeah. Yeah. The, the Freaky, Fre I don't think I would have gone to see that in the theater normally. I yep. think I, that's the kind of movie I would have waited for Netflix, mm -hmm. but I was so, and it was great. Great it movie, really, yeah, super fun. It was fun. a really fun movie. I really enjoyed it. And it was, it was fun to see in the theater, but it was, it sort of, I feel like it probably did better in the theater than it probably would have ordinarily because it would have gotten lost in like the, you know, among the tenants and the Wonder Woman's yep. and everything. I 100% um, agree with that. Yeah, yep. but there was nothing else there. So I was like, I'm going to go see it. It's got, uh, um, what's the guy's name? Uh, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. It had yep. Vince Vaughn. Like, how could this be bad? And it wasn't. It was a it really was not. It was great. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, Larry, did you go to the drive-in for Empire Strikes Back or did you no. go to the, to the actual theater? I actually went to the theater. Um, okay. I, I went by myself because I was like, nobody else is going to want to go right now. So I went into the, um, the Imagine, the Imagine Theater. Oh, okay. I was, I was the only one. It was literally a private screening <laughs> of Empire Strikes Back on the big wow. screen. It was awesome. It was sure, Are you sure it was open there? You just didn't walk into uh... I made a break in. <laughs> Did you press play at any point? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You watched from the projector booth. Yeah. <laughs> it was on my yeah. phone, but still, I was by myself. <laughs> I saw Empire at the drive-in. I went to the Mustang to see nice. Empire Strikes Back this summer, and that was the only, you know, pseudo-related to the movie theater experience that I had this year. So, yeah. well, and that's, that's a movie I've already seen, but that's yeah. actually a good, a good point. Is that uh, drive-ins did really well this year? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, they were. Th we've talked about this, Matt, on the show before. How um, theaters in London converted to drive-ins. They like built screens on the back wall of their theater uh, so that people yep. could go. And and I went to the drive-in. I think three times. Uh, saw like Blues Brothers on the on the big screen nice. and um, E.T. on the big screen and at the drive. It was great. It was so much fun. Like that. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do that more often. <laughs> <laughs> well what about you ben what's your uh your miss my miss of the year was and loop actually you kind of brought it up when you're talking about the prince uh the prince box set was <laughs> the amount of i think uh like labels trying to make some money the amount of reissues that i saw oh there's and, tons. uh like i'm such a big vinyl collector that yeah i spend a ton Same of money here. on records and it's so hard 
um, as as a huge, as you guys could probably tell, David Bowie fan, they released like they released a series of live uh, records, which I'm ambivalent towards a lot of live performances. I don't know that I need like 50 different live versions of one artist, but that's what they're doing. They've got a box set of five where they've actually they're selling an empty box for you to put the records in when you get the records. Oh my it's god! Ridiculous. So like the, the just plundering of these reissues and like, that's ah, the 27th anniversary of this record. So let's put it out for record store day number four. Like we had so many of them. Yes. Uh, and that was what they did for, for the pandemic was normally in April, you get all of these huge releases, but they're like, oh, we can't do that. So they instead did three different ones where they did uh, like a third of it, a third of the list, three different days out of each month yeah. or three different months, I should say. And to me, it was like, if you're like, there are so many record collectors, there's so many flippers, there's so many people. It's it's just gonna be packed three days now rather than one. It didn't make a lot right. of sense to me. So that was like, it was a bad move out of my like in my opinion. With spreading it out over three days instead of one, I talked to a lot of the record store owners and they were like, Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's it's a, a lineup out the door still. People aren't getting what they want. People come for something that isn't out this time, it's out next month or the month after or whatever. It just didn't make a lot of sense. And I, I can totally tell that despite the fact that records were delayed in a lot of cases, they were just pumping out so many of these reissues and like color variants and all this oh, sort yeah, of the, stuff. The colored vinyls like, is out, outrageous right now. Yeah, because they charge extra for it. I'll, like it's the same thing to process it. it it's actually like a, a record should be clear. They actually have to put black coloring in it to make it a black record. So the difference between black and like whatever neon pink or whatever it would be is no different to them, but they'll charge extra for it. So I just found 2020, I was, I was getting really worn out of, of, well, having to spend money because I still need to spend all that stuff. <laughs> See, my, my problem is I'm such a huge, like you be like a Bowie fan. I'm such a huge Prince fan that I have to own everything. Yeah. So, and, and like, they were put like, this is in the Prince community and there's a huge Prince community of people that they love buying all the variants of everything. Right. It's, they, you, you felt like you're, you're getting shafted. Like they were, they were, the prices on some of these things were oh. ridiculous, but you, you had to, you had to have it. Like you had yeah. to like, but there were people that were buying, they had a, a singles box set of all this. Like it was a um, vinyl, uh, like uh, 45s of, yep. of all the, of the singles from sign of the times in a box set. So there's only, I didn't realize this, but I bought it and there was only like 1500. Well, people bought them and were selling them like the next day after it sold out for like, three times as much and now it's like it's ridiculous the prices for it and i'm like come on guys like this is yeah. like you're just you're just fleecing the fans like it's just yeah. it's too much so but that's the, like and it's hard because you don't put it past print obviously this was not his decision but once no. they die the, like so parlophone right now with bowie they're they're releasing all these like it's five live albums from the span of like five years or something like that it's like his 90s performances which aren't his bad like it was kind of a low period of time for him but literally a $30 empty box is what they're selling $30. on the David Bowie store. Yeah. <laughs> when, when I bought the glass tiger, a thin red line on vinyl, cause it looked like a uh, tiger striped. I knew I was at my rock bottom. <laughs> like, I was like, I, I, I've done everything I can do with vinyl this year. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> but I had to have it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go to movies. Of course, 2020 will leave behind us. We'll move to 2021. Let's, let's go to movies of 2021 that we're looking forward to. And if you have a couple, that's cool. We'll just kind of rush through them here. Um, let's start with you, Larry. A couple of movies that you're excited about. Well, I mean... Or it doesn't have to be movies. It can be TV as well. Just whatever okay, you Okay, well, so for, for movie... Well, 
my my actual pick for 2021 wasn't movies, but I have to say virtually every movie that was supposed to come out in 2020 <laughs> is what I'm excited about in 2021. You got your Bond, you got your uh um what else what else was there? There's um uh Dune, you got uh, Ghostbusters. Oh Ghostbusters. god, Ghostbusters yes. killed me. Yeah. yeah. Like literally every this was going to be the best year of in movies in in a long time. But now they've all moved back and so hopefully the, the ones that were supposed to come out in 2020 are, are going to be in 2021. So th- pretty much everything is, is what's exciting me, but, but what I'm looking forward to most, and I haven't brought up star Wars yet. Cause I thought I'll let Neil do that one, but really 2021 for me is, is all star Wars. It's they're They're about to launch the, uh, the high Republic um, uh, publishing line. So the comics and the books and, all of that stuff leads into um, the Acolyte, uh, the the Acolyte, 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 the new show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, like there's, there's just so much new Star Wars material coming this year. Plus we've got the book of Boba Fett to look forward to in, in December. Um, And it's just like, I'm just so excited about this new era of Star Wars that they've moved into. Cause I think we've now seen that they have figured it out (laughs) like they 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 get it they know what they're doing they're gonna they're they're doing it right i i don't i I think they've got it it's in the hands of the people who can do it so um i just i just feel like they're on course to give us like the golden age of star wars i think we're just entering that right now and i and i think it's going to start this year so uh, that's what i'm really excited about it's a good thing you're not looking forward to too many movies (laughs) <laughs> you're not looking forward to too many movies because you got a lot of Star Wars to watch in 2021. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping the theaters stay closed because I'm going to be home for all. <laughs> you did forget about Yaddle, the show. Yeah, no, as well. I won't forget about Yaddle. <laughs> Yaddle's got to come back. I'm telling you, that's the next show from Star Wars. <laughs> what about you, Neil? What are you excited about? Uh, well, a lot. I mean, okay, yeah. I mean, obviously, we'll get that get this out of the way, right? The Book of Boba Fett, of course. Oh yeah. Um, so. Yeah, but also I wanted to mention other stuff because <laughs> all my picks have been Star Wars pretty much. Um, so uh, I also got to say that there's a, there's a show coming out on uh, the CTV Space Channel or whatever it's called, Sci-Fi Channel. It used to be called Space. It's yeah. called Resident Alien and it's this oh, kind yeah. of wacky comedy starring Alan Tudyk, who's this alien that crash lands to Earth and then he takes over this guy's body who's played by Alan Tudyk. And then he just goes off and he just, you know, he has all these uh, crazy social interactions. The trailer basically explains it. Uh, I would definitely look it up on YouTube, uh, Resident Alien. It looks interesting. I'm going to check it out. It's coming out real soon. I'm also really looking forward to the the three Marvel shows that are showing up on Disney Plus coming soon, starting this month with WandaVision. Yeah. Which I don't know if it's all happening inside her head or what's going on. But, you know, (laughs) I can't wait to see what the deal is with this show. Um, and then of course, after that, we'll get uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And then after that, we get Loki. So definitely looking forward to those. Uh, I was a big fan of the show Stargirl, the DCCW show, which uh, kind of unfairly got loop, like uh, lumped in with uh, a few other crappy DC shows. <laughs> and it just kind of looks like, oh, it's like Saved by the Bell superheroes or something. It's teenagers, <laughs> yeah, who cares? But it's actually a brilliant tribute to the Justice of Society of America, the original DC heroes from the 40s. And I really, really enjoy that show. So uh, I give Stargirl a chance. Uh, looking forward to, to the next season, which is uh, season two. So I'm looking forward to that this year for sure. Cool. All right, Ben, what do you think? 
Um, as far as movies go, I'm going to go with the obvious for me, Ghostbusters Afterlife. That again, yeah. that trailer, I have watched that trailer over and over again. So just good. Waiting. The, the movie was supposed to be released on my wife's birthday and she's uh -huh. not a huge Ghostbusters fan. So I was going to be like, well, I'll pay for your dinner and you go do that and you'll see the movie. Um, looking forward to that. Looking forward to the obvious Bond, that sort of thing. Uh, nobody with, uh, I can't believe that movie just came, came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, it looks incredible. Bob Odenkirk and it's like Better Call Saul and John Wick. Like it looks yes. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And when I saw the trailer for it, I was like, "This, what is this going to be? But it looks super fun. Um, that's definitely one of them. Halloween Kills, too. Definitely looking forward to that. I loved, yeah. I loved the uh, 2018 version of it or whatever the last incarnation yeah. of, uh, of Michael Myers was. And I think that they, they can and will improve on it, too. Um, we, we're also um, neglecting to mention uh, Top Gun Maverick. Yes, yes. That uh, I, I am super, I know, I know <laughs> Loop and I have talked about this before. Loop's like, meh. I Top love, Gun was that great. And like, I love Top Gun. I love yeah. it. And I, and I just, I am so excited to see uh, Tom Cruise actually flying. Like he no. learned to fly the freaking jet. <laughs> That's just crazy to me. And the next Mission Impossible will be out too. So it's going to be a Tom Cruise heavy year, but it's, I think it's slated for late 2021 still. Yeah. Which, which will? The new Mission Impossible. Set, oh, right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the movie that he uh, lost his mind on. Yes, on yes. Yeah. So I hope that somehow makes it in the credits or something. <laughs> <Yeah. really laughs> a post-credit scene. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to jump off of Ben. Uh, Halloween Kills. I'm a huge Carpenter fan. And even I, he has something to do with this. But it's uh, I love that whole series. No matter, even with Buster Rhymes, it doesn't matter. It's, <laughs> it's, the whole thing is amazing. And uh, I'm super, I was pumped about it this year. Apparently not. And so next year, I'm looking forward to see how that, I thought the last one was so good. Like, I just thought they they brought it back to its basics and it was just really well done and the other one i'm excited about which could be on the worst list for next year i'll predict this right now uh snake eyes because i'm a massive gi joe oh. fan and the snake eyes origins movie comes out this year and i'm so pumped about it oh, and I'm like, oh that's hilarious no i saw snake eyes in the wall there i just i love i love joe man i just love it and i just i i want one of the movies to be good that's, I'm all I'm, that's all i'm asking for is one of the gi joe movies to actually be good so so expect my horrible review in 2021 at the end yep. of the year in december when it finally comes out but, <laughs> but i'm super excited about it. i want to see what they do with it anyways but I feel like 2020, I feel hopeful for 2021. Yes. So yes. much good stuff. So much good stuff. Hey, Caillou got canceled, so it's already yes! off to a great start. <laughs> Lasting off. <laughs> That's a pop culture win right there. Yeah, it is right <laughs> off the top of 2021. So, guys, I just want to say thank you so much for being part of our uh, recap show. That was awesome. And, again, uh, Neil, where you can find you on Pop Culture? Yeah, you, you can find it. Well, I mean, we're up, updating the Facebook page when we can. Uh, so it's just on Facebook. Um, I often produce little pop culture reviews for my, just on my own channel. And since the show hasn't really been on the air since we haven't been in the studio in a while, uh, that's, you know, it's all just up in the air. We don't know what's going on. But Greg and I want to keep the show going. So uh, I would just say, yeah, check us out on Facebook, Pop Culture Canada. And uh, click like and follow us for all the latest and greatest in entertainment news. Actually, you sound like a stormtrooper right now. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have your Boba Fett helmet on. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> ben, what about you? You do like a movie thing, right? Where you review movies? Yep. Every Friday we do a theater skip it, which has been very difficult because it's generally what's new in theaters. Um, so we did a lot of themes <laughs> this week and this year, but... Uh, 
Yeah, it's fun. It's great. Get a little bit of uh, feedback from people too. And, uh, and yeah, anytime anybody wants a suggestion, I'll, I promise I'll do the work. I'll, I'll watch the movie. Excellent. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you guys for helping to review uh, 2020 with us. We, we did need your help. It was a weird year. So I'd like to thank you guys. Thank you, Boba Fett, for showing up at the last second there. I wasn't expecting this, but it was great. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Uh, this was uh, Loop and Larry, Guardians of Geeks. See you next time. Bye-bye. Produced by Matthew C. Loop and Lawrence Simner. A Loop and Larry production. Bueller. He likes it. He likes it. Bueller. Bad news. Fog is getting thicker. And Leon's getting larger. Inconceivable. Brian's right. It's an elf. Wax on. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? Oh, Captain. My Captain. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Wax off.